We're slowly on our way to judges. And I know you guys probably got some questions about judges. And I know you probably answered about judges. Judges is fun, it's a fun book. Um, and uh, I do want to clarify something. Last week when I was telling you about um, the the Operation Overlord, the, the Allies, I want to make it clear, the Allies did not attack Todd and Calais. I'm part of the security team? You are not. Yeah. I'll say Frank. gun. They, 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 they moved their, their forces to Pate Calais and not expecting more. So I want to make sure I was clear on that. Um, so we're going to continue on on the same thing, thing tonight. Um, part of the thing we were talking about is Joshua, who's old in age, he's getting ready to turn over. Uh, he's getting ready to die. Okay? He's getting ready to die. And one thing that we're going to find out, and we're Joshua 24, one thing we're going to find out is this time, when, when Moses died, the mantle was handed over to Joshua. But now Joshua's about to die. And who's he giving anything to? No one but the people. Okay? And that's why he's pulling them together and checking to revisit everything that they've gone through, what, what God has brought them through, the promises, all of these things. Things. He brought the leaders, he brought all these people together at the beginning of chapter 24. And then he goes and he recounts their history. And then you go to verse 14 in chapter 24. And of course, this is a lot of scripture that we love to quote. So we're not spending so much in this first portion, but, but the latter portions. But here's Joshua. He's saying, okay, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods. Gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and served the Lord. Okay. Now, Joshua's giving them this warning. He's like, you've got all of this history. You have all of these things that have happened. You have all of these wonderful things that God has done for you. Don't serve anyone else but him. Okay? If you want to continue to be successful, if you want to continue to have a winning battle, don't serve anyone else but him. Okay? Now, this is a struggle in 21st century trustful Alabama, right? Serving someone else other than God. It is a struggle for us, isn't it? Whether it be, you know, it could be the TV, it could be another book, it could be someone, it could be anything. But, but Joshua, after he recounts the history, he says in verse 14, and we, let's look at verse 13 real quick, one more time. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and cities which you had not built, and you have lived in them, and are you you are eating of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. So he made it a point to show, look, you got all this stuff that you didn't do anything to work for at all. You did nothing. Same thing with our grapes. We did absolutely nothing for grapes, did we? We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We didn't win it or anything like that. So God, you know, you take that scripture, you can say, you know, God can say, I've given you heaven. I've given you a kingdom in heaven. I've given you a place in heaven. I've given, a mansion, given you a mansion in heaven that you have not, you did not build. You did not work for. And you didn't even have a role in your building at all. And that's, what, that's what I've done. See, this is the same scenario here. And then he says in verse 14, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods 
which your father served beyond the river. So Joshua is giving them, he's reminding them, he's letting the Lord remind them of what he's experienced, and then he's telling them, now do this. Because why does he have to tell them? Well, real simple. There's no one he's passing the baton to. There's not one specific person that God passed it from Moses to Joshua, right? Well, you know, remember before the before the bondage, we had Joseph in Egypt. That was that was the leader. He was, I mean, we've had Abraham, okay? We've had Isaac, we've had Jacob, we've had all of these people leaders. And now, after Joshua, who is it? Who is it? Same thing here with us. After Jesus, who is it? No one's worthy, but who is it? It falls right here. Because he planted the spirit in us to live the life that he wants us to live. And see, that's what we don't, we don't often think about that. You know, the Israels used to having someone pass the mantle, used to having someone take over, you know, as a pastor of the church. Okay? When I left, well, I mean, not when I left, but my brother Bobby, I'm still here. Okay. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I haven't left yet. Okay, so I'm still here. All right, you good? Did you see me? Turn the lights out. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but you needed someone to have a mental pass. What would the church be like without a pastor? Could it still be church? Could it still be church? Yes. Yes, it could be. Why? Because the church is who? The body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. But God has set up the church for a leader to do what? To teach, to guide, to right? But at the end of the day, you still have to be the church. You, you know, I, I, you, I have to, you know, I'm here for counsel. I'm here to provide direction. I'm here to teach you, instruct you, help keep you. Going where you need to, I understand that. But now Israel is about to be faced with them. Where in in the past they have a history of doing what? Straight. Because Joshua mentions it to in verse 14. He says, and, and, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt. Okay? So his, his, Egypt has, I mean, excuse me, Israel has a, a history of serving other gods. And when they served the other gods, they lost the battle. We, at Sulphur Springs Baptist Church, have a history of serving other gods. Right? Right or wrong? Okay. Right. Let's, let's, we don't have to worry about talking about the whole United States. We know it has a problem. We don't have to worry about talking about all of, all of Alabama. We know it has a problem. We know Birmingham has a problem. We know Trustville has a problem. But we have a problem. Our homes have a problem. Okay? And it hinders our winning battle. So look at verse 15. If it, is a, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord. Now, stop. Before we go to the famous words. If it is disagreeable in whose sight? Your sight. It's not disagreeable in God's sight to serve the Lord. He says your, he says your sight. So he has, he's dealing with everything that you're looking at and how you're looking Okay. He's dealing with everything that you're looking at and how you view it. How do you view God? How do you view his commandments? How do you view how you should be living? So if it's disagreeable in your sight, now this is going to be a, you keep the, 
If you have a highlight or whatever, mark that highlight, your side. Because when we get to Judges, we're going to hear that more and more and more. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So keep that in mind. Okay? Everybody, we, we all we all in tandem together. We're simpatico. We're following each other. Okay, good. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, that, that, you know, once again, I've got it on my door, right across next to my, my door, we come to the house. It's there. Very popular, very popular scripture, right? It's almost like to take a stand based on that scripture. But we don't dig deep enough to understand what that means in our wedding back. Because in this scripture right here, a choice is given. A choice is given. Okay, if it is disagreeable in your sight, so if you're looking at it the way you want to look at it, and you don't agree with what has been taught, okay, then choose for yourself today whom you will serve. In other words, choose whether or not you're going to line up with God or stay lined up with the world. Okay? Please look at it like that. Don't look at it as, oh, yeah, I have a choice. Well, you do have a choice, but you have to understand that your choice is to either line up right or not be lined up right. That's the, that's the only, those are the only options, okay? Those are the only options. And what he's saying to these folks is right now, and what I'm saying to you right now, if you want to continue to be successful, if you want to continue to win the battles, you cannot look at it in your sight. Okay? You cannot look at it the way the world views it. If I, if I pick up my phone right here, okay, I pick up my phone, and I tap Google. Well, what does it do when I touch Google? It automatically gives me all these little headlines, okay, things that I can choose from. I don't know who Brand Cartel is, winner. I don't know who that is. She won the voice. And it, okay, and then it says Trump, Donald Trump. I don't know what that means. It has Ashley, I, I, Tonetti, Jared, I, that's voices. I can't say it. Okay. It's got Move Out Parents House. It's got Southern Baptist Leader. It's got Tommy LaHick, LaFriend, Philip Roth, the Mystery Girl, The Flash. So I can choose one of these subjects to read about. That's what it, it gives me these options. Okay. It gives me these options. And my point is, I can choose one of them and read about it and follow that direction or follow whatever, or I can not, I can discard and say, no, that's not of God. I've got to be here. Okay? If I'm going to be successful, I don't need to read about whatever those names were and whoever they were. Okay? I don't need to read about that. I don't even need to read about the Southern Baptist thing because I don't know what it's about. Is, is, is it biblical? Is it not? So I need to stay lined up. So, when he's saying this, I can't look at it in my side. This phone is giving me an option of things to look at, but God has given me the option of things to study. Okay? Now go to verse 16. And I want you to get this theme tonight, because the theme is real simple. No one, you have no one to pass the baton to. It is in your hands now. And, when, and you have to determine whether to rely on yourself or rely on God. Okay? So verse 16, 
The people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. What does that say? What does that mean? What is that? What, what are they saying? What are they saying about themselves? First off, they don't know themselves. They don't know themselves. They're not self-aware. In a winning battle, you got to know who you are and what you can do. And what you're capable of. Both good and bad. You have to be aware of those things. Joshua is telling them. If he knew, if he knew they're capable of backsliding, of serving other gods. That's why he recounted that God had him recount the history. That's why he said, now therefore, verse 14, fear the Lord. Because guess what? We are completely capable of losing our fear of God. And we don't even know it. We don't even know it. Give me an example today of something that we do in this church right now that shows no fear of God. Give me an example. And don't be afraid to say it. What tradition? Which one? We got a bunch of them. Which one? <laughs> okay. We don't have as many as we used to, but we got a bunch of them. Which one? Okay, Lord's Supper. Lord's Supper. Let's use that as an example. We do it wrong. We do it wrong. And several of our classes have taught that we've done it wrong. I've even taught that we've done it wrong. But what do I do as a pastor? I continue on, but why? Why do I continue on? To make everyone happy and also to understand that everyone can't receive it the way we need to we need to get it right now. So, yes, God understands moderation. He understands that. But when we're doing these things wrong, when we know we're doing these things wrong, well, guess what? To know it, to do good, to do it not, to end in sin. James chapter 4, verse 17, I think it is. So, we're trying to, we're teaching, but we have not done it, right? That, but, 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 we're laying it out there, right? And yet we still desire it. We still want to do it in that fashion. What else do we do? Offering. Offering. Completely wrong the way we receive offering. Completely wrong the way we receive offering. And then we even label it a collection. Paul mentioned a collection in the Bible. Why? He said, take, make sure you take up the collection so we don't have to deal with that. But that's not the offering. That's not the offering. What else do we do wrong? What else? Baptism. Baptism? Okay, tell me about baptism. Why is it wrong? How's it wrong? I'm going to give you a, a very good, that's a very good comment. It's even how we go about let me, let me just add something to that. It's even how we go about selecting people to do things. The Bible says lay, don't lay hands quickly on anyone. Even deacon. Bill's been, he's been trudging along now for several months, haven't you, Brother Bill? And yeah, exactly. And we, 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 you know, we, we give direction and we discuss things and, you know, how we should proceed and all this other stuff. But we have to take our time and do it the way God wants it done. If we... No, I'm not worried about hurting his feelings. I don't want to hurt God in this respect. But yet, I'm willing to do it concerning the Passover. 
How much better is that? Hmm? So, so now look at this. Let's read verse 16 again. The people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. They don't even know who they are. Because look at, look at verse 17. Okay? Look at verse 17. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and who did these great signs and wonders. Joshua chapter 24. Who did these great signs and wonders in our sight and preserved us through, through all the way in which we went and among all the people through whom, whose midst we passed. The Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites, who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. We also will serve the Lord. Then look what Joshua says to them in verse 19. Then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God, and he is a jealous God. Now let's stop right there at that semicolon. He identifies. He, Joshua calls them out. You can't serve God, because he's holy and he's jealous. What is Joshua telling the people? That we're not holy and we're adultery. That's what he's telling them. That's what he's telling us. That's us. When we don't, okay, when we go back and we say, far be it from us, Look at verse 16 again. Look at verse 16 again. The people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other, other gods. Yet, at least twice a year since I've been here, we do the Passover wrong. That's forsaking God and serving another God. Right? We do the baptism wrong. That's forsaking God for another God. We do the offering wrong. That's what, so, but keep in mind too, y'all, we're still on the winning side. And God is still blessing us. And you know what? He, because we're under grace now, he's, 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 he's showing that grace. Okay? Tolerance. I'm telling you, know, he doesn't tolerate sin. But he does, he's like, okay, you're striving. You're striving. You're striving. Keep striving. Keep striving. Keep striving. He understands that. I have a hard job. You have a hard job. It's going to take some time to get the people to understand. We're doing the Passover wrong. I can preach about it and tell you, but until I really sit you down and really do a Passover, and everybody, but is everybody's heart committed to a Passover? Nobody's committed to four hours on a Passover right now. Who is? And the preparation that goes with it. Who is? No one understands all four cups, do we? No, we don't. We're learning it, but we don't get it yet. Okay? So I'm not here to beat you up over. I'm just here to tell you when we may not be Israel, but we are Israel. Okay? Because we still, in our own way, have other gods and say, I can pick on you about Alabama football. You can pick on me about my Mustang. You know, I can pick on you about all the stuff that we have that we're serving. I can pick on John about Pokemon. I can. Motorcycles. Motorcycles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fast cars. Fast cars. Y'all, look what, look what, after I just got through preaching about, hey, how good I am on my speed, well, guess what happened yesterday? Uh-oh. Oh, I did not get to <laughs> I did not outrun the police. He just turned when they weren't looking. Did not outrun the police. He dusted but somebody who was bumping. She came out in front of me, and I took it. There's this lady, 
every day on the way to work. She's got this little Mercedes S, uh, SLS coupe, and she's flying. She, and she makes a point. Bonnie says she wasn't doing it, but she's not out there in the morning when I'm doing it. She makes it a point to zoom by me. She shoots up, she's behind me on the interstate, and she's, you know, and I'm doing the right thing of getting on one lane at a time and accelerating at a normal pace. And she gets over all the way in the far lane and hammers down. Well, yesterday I took a little bit of a different route and I pulled up to a traffic light and I saw her coming and the light stopped. And I said, Oh, I got her today. That's what I said. I got her today. And I pulled out and I was watching her in my mirror. I was like, I'm going to keep her behind. You know, I'm going fast enough where, okay, she's coming up. I can give her a little more gas. And she can't get past me and I can get over and talk to her. You know, she probably didn't even have a clue, but I was fixing her one. So, <laughs> we get to the interstate. Yeah, we get to the interstate. <laughs> right? And she's behind me getting on the ramp. And, that, and when you get off 231 to get on I-20, there's this long, looping circle. Yeah, you know, it goes around. And, buddy, there's nothing like having that thing in third gear. Ramp's sitting at about 4,000 RPM. And I'm holding that line right there. Tokyo Drift. I know what she, I'm watching her eyes in my mirror. I'm like, yeah, you're getting ready to shoot over. I'm already looking up the road. The trucks and the other cars are pretty, pretty good piece back. But when we come off of that loop, and she and she stepped on it. You can tell she stepped on it because the, the, the car did old school. You know how they squat when they used to go? It's, I saw it squat, but by that time I had hammered it too, and I was still in third gear. I shot over three lanes, and I snatched four gear, and I, boom, I took off. Oh no! I had to use the torque to keep it going, buddy. I wasn't going to burn the rubber. I wasn't going to spin the car. And I got it going. I got it going. Not not thinking that a few weeks ago when I was getting on the interstate the other way, there was a state trooper that sits up there. He went up there, and I drove about a mile and a half. And and guess what? I broke it back down. Slowed down to seventy-five. Got in the middle traveling lane. And just cruising along. No, I went in a little voice. The Holy Spirit of God said, You stop this right now. And I got over. But do you know what she did? Usually she would blow by me. This time she just cruised real gently, sideways, and smooth. So I'm like, You know, you know now, don't you? Yeah, kids. But here's the thing I prayed about and been delivered from doing stupid stuff like that. And then guess what I did? I jumped right back to Egypt because I got that temptation and I saw and, and, and she got a personalized tag and it made me mad. Somebody doesn't need to catch, somebody needs to fix her. Well, I'm not God, I don't need to fix her. I fixed her for that moment. She know guess what? I didn't see her this morning. She probably got on in another exit. What'd you say, Kim? Yeah, she said, yeah, like I'll fix his wagon. I'm gonna find me a four-stone in the mustache. Anyway, so then look at verse 19 now. Then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord. You will not be able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. Now, Joshua was pretty harsh there, wasn't he? Now, we know we're forgiving our transgressions and sins, but that habitual life is what Joshua was talking about. That habitual, sinful life. That habitual running away. Because you see, at some point in time, y'all, we're going to run out of time and, and we won't be able to do this anymore. 
At some point in time, time will stop. And when time stops, grace stops. See, grace, this is this is how grace is working, y'all. As long as the clock's running, you got time. But that don't mean you waste the time. That means you get it right during the time that you have. See, we don't understand. We know time is, doesn't affect God, but it does affect us. And the more he holds off is the more time that he's giving us to correct the things that we are messing up. So guess what? I'm glad it only took a mile and a half for him to fix me instead of 10 miles. But I would have raced there all the way to Ironbound. And I would have whooped it too. It would have cost me a full tank of gas. Yeah, here's the police. Here's the phone call. I want you to look at that. I made a comment in, in my Bible. The winning battle takes a consistent life. The winning battle takes a consistent life. See, I lost yesterday. I won the race. But I lost the back because I gave in. I lost. Okay? Take your Bible and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Excuse me. Sorry. Let me start this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to go to the first verse. Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk. Now see, Paul is giving credit to the Thessalonians right now because they are doing what's right. Okay? That you itself still more. Just because you're doing it right right now, you still got room for improvement. You still got room to grow. Now look, look at this. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel, <coughs> excuse me, his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion, like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that, and, and understand, y'all, he said, like the Gentiles who do, do not know God. Well, who were the Thessalonians? They were Gentiles. But because they were saved, he didn't view them as Gentiles anymore. Yes. You see that? So look at this. Look at verse 6. And that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things. Just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification, so that he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. See, understand what he's telling the, the, the Jews, I mean, what he's telling Israel back in Joshua chapter 24. You can't serve God because you can't live holy. And, and let me tell you what. You can't serve God because you're not willing to commit to a consistent life for Christ. You're not willing to commit to a consistent life for Christ. You're, you're standing here telling me that you're going to far be it from us to forsake God. But you know, far be it from me to do anything against the church. But we do. 
not the buildings, but the people. We bash our brothers and sisters in Christ. We get angry at them without, for, for no reason whatsoever. We assume, we judge, we condemn, we persecute, we curse, we swear. Our brothers in Christ, God's church. And we're doing that to one of these little ones, or the least of them. Guess who we're doing it to? Huh? There we go. There we go. You see? See, this is what hinders our winning battle. This is why he's saying, Israel, you're going to have trouble. You can't serve the Lord. Now, oh, um, you can lose 1 Thessalonians. Go back to Joshua 24. And I want you to go to verse 21. Listen to the condemnation the people sent for themselves. The people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Now, we ain't got the judges yet, okay? And you see how God wrote the Bible? All this stuff they spouted out, all this stuff they talked about, okay, that they wouldn't do, and then we're going to go to judges. <laughs> and, buddy, the wheels are going to come off. And then they're going to get put back on, and then they're going to come off. And then they're going to get put back on, and then they're going to come off again. And they're going to keep you. Hello, 21st century Christian? Yep, wheels on, wheels off. Clap on, clap off. Wax on, wax off. However you want to do it. No, look at verse 21. The people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen for yourselves the Lord to serve him. That means that you have just put your neck on the chopper. And y'all, I'm here to tell you right now, when you slide into this altar and you say, Lord, be my Lord, God, I'm committing, I want to, I want to rededicate my life, you put your neck on the chopping block, they just put it. And then when you keep returning back to the old way, what are you showing God? What are you telling yourself? Well, I'm just weak. I have a struggle. I understand. I'm weak and I have a struggle. I do. You do. I can't just keep my mouth shut. Well, you, you know you can't quit bragging about it and shut your mouth. I can't say it any other way, right? I just got a bad attitude. Well, quit accepting it. I just got, you know, it's like, this, it's like this, if you wanted to state your bad movie over yesterday, why would you speak, sir? I just got a fast car. He's going to look at me like, well, you just got a ticket, too. <laughs> Now, maybe that'll slow you down. Maybe that'll help. What does it take? What does it take? You see, a winning battle is really hindered. Your winning battle is really hindered when you don't get consistent. Keep in mind now, Joshua is dying, and he's giving them all this instruction. And keep in mind, the mantle is being passed not to another man that's going to intercede for him, but to a people. That have to intercede for themselves to be the righteousness and the holiness and all of these things. They have to do it. So you have an advantage. Why? Because when Jesus left, he said, I'm sending you a comforter to help you do it. So we have less of an excuse than the children of Israel did. We have less of an excuse. 
Because we have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling in us, working and, 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 setting us, and setting us apart, and yet we resist it day in and day out. We, we prefer our own ways, our own habits. We prefer to continue to do the Lord's Supper wrong and dare not say anything about it. You're going to make Sister So-and-So mad. Uh, I've done a good job about that already. All right, all right, all right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that, right? Exactly. So I have to teach. That, come on, Jamie, preach it. That's right. Oh, look, Jamie. Yeah, exactly. So, so now we have to have the patience to teach. That's why I'm trying to spend less time preaching and hollering at you than let's teach you something. So there's nothing wrong with Sunday morning being a teaching service. We've always had preaching. I want some preaching on Sunday morning. You might want it, but you need to be taught. Okay? If my dog is pooping in the house all day long, I don't need to be giving him a milk bone for doing that, do I? I need to be teaching him something, don't I? Her. You won't stop it. We had to do it. She went scooters after Captain left. Okay? After my other dog left, we gave her gave him to Kelly. Well, Stone just decided, well, <laughs> guess what? I got it all. I got it all. And she just started going to school, just waking up in the middle of the night, barking, you know. And I mean, I, okay, we're recording this, but I, that, she became, her and that fly swatted were on first name basis. You're going to be quiet. And then, you know, and finally, she knew I'm, I'm going to come out there and do something. Finally, it took down right there to get up and do something. Ooh, ooh. Mama started getting involved now because, you know, Mama would come out and she's like, oh, yeah, hey, it's good to see you. That man beat me. But it's good to see you. Guess what? She tightened the hips up. And we like to say, Again, now she's starting to behave, start sleeping again through the night. I don't care if your brother's gone or not. There's no reason to start acting a monkey. Okay? And she stopped. That's, that, that's what we do, though. That's what we do. We flip and we change and we do whatever, and we don't think about it. We don't think about, hey, God's holy. So look, back in Joshua 24, you're witnesses against yourself. That's what he said in verse 22. Okay? You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen for yourselves the Lord to serve. And they said, we are witnesses. Joshua says, now therefore, Put away the foreign gods. Look at what's next, though. This is what you can't miss. Miss. He said, put away the foreign gods which are in your midst. Look what happened. God put them put in a place, but he didn't remove. He, he may not always remove. Not that he's tempted. God does not tempt. Don't, just, don't misunderstand me. God does not tempt you. But if he doesn't remove what you're, what you're struggling with, he, if he removes it, how do you overcome it? But if you stay, if he, he, it's in the midst, you gotta, you got to show these worldly gods that you've overcome them. Not that you have to be taken away. Not that it has to be taken away, but you have to overcome it. I have to overcome my right foot. I have to overcome that. I have to overcome my mouth. You have to overcome that. I have to overcome my, my bad attitude. You have to overcome that. Just take, Lord, take the take the taste of liquor out of my mouth. No, overcome it. 
Because if you haven't defeated it, if you haven't overcome it, guess what? It can come back and defeat you again. But once, listen, when God, when Israel defeated a nation and they, he obliterated the nation, did they ever come back? No. Is Jericho standing? Is Jericho standing? No. No. He obliterated, uh, he, he, he took them out completely. And guess what? And then not only that, he said, curse whoever builds it again. It, 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 exactly. So keep in mind, when God overcomes it, it is overcome, never to, never for you to deal with it again. <coughs> Excuse me. But when you don't overcome it, and you just move it to another, you know, you, it's kind of like mowing up ant bears. You're going to get some of the ants. But you didn't overcome them. Guess what? You just scattered them. Guess what they're going to do? They're start rebuilding. See, keep in mind, Israel was never overcome. They were scattered. Israel appeared to be defeated. They were just scattered. And they, they're coming back. You may appear to be overcome. You're not overcome. You've won. Okay? Please understand. Uh, let me help you with this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get it? Do you get it? Okay, let's do this. Let's go to one more scripture. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And then we're going to finish with this. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Go to verse 13. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 13. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of, of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Live like God wants you to live, to continue to be successful until Jesus comes back. Because guess what? When Jesus comes back, he's going to solve it all. He's going to deal with it all. He's going to handle it all. And you're not going to do anything. Your part is done. You see, that's what Israel needed to do in front of all of their enemies that they were going to face. Their enemies, you know, are still left in their midst. There's still people that have to go and be purged out of these areas where these tribes are. As one massive army, Israel went in and took care of these big areas, but yet there were still little remnants left. That each, and that's why the leaders and the tribes had to be spoken to individually and say, "Now you got to go back because there's not twelve Joshuas going with you. There's not twelve Moseses going with you. There's only you going. But God will be with you if you keep His word." They didn't get that. They got it for a short time. We get it for a short time. When we start reading Judges chapter 1 next week, we get it for a short time. But then something happens. A new app comes on our phone. A new social media site becomes available. A new way to shop happens that makes it quicker and easier or it's competition. Something comes and gets in the way. And it's going to come. Something happens. School happens. Whoa. That's a big distraction, eh? How many of you look? Four-time students in school. 
And I dreaded, because you see, I was always going to work. By the time the end of Ju July was hitting, this was like the Taz living with the Tasmanian devil. I'm not getting, I mean, it was ugly. I'm like, ooh, I need to go to work. Work about 30, 30, 40 hours of overtime every week just not to go home. Because as soon as. Well, I'm just telling you, yeah. But as soon as the school list came out, it just started. What do they want this for? What do they want that for? Well, you know, guess what? Just don't buy it. You're okay. <laughs> just don't buy it. I'm not buying tissue for everybody. No, don't buy it. Well, we did. And they still let the kids go to school. You, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you know they can You know they're not going to. They just they're giving us stuff away at the end of the year. They got stockpiles. And I know. I know. Guess what? We got wise to that after about two or three years. Uh uh no more. You know, I'm buying you the expensive crayons and then they're going into this pool and everybody's getting them. Now they have no uh not with this fat boy they, these, these are my eight dollar crayons. You won't come home with your crayons. Your name? She had to mark them, she would mark them up. Yeah, I'm telling you. You had to. But here's the thing. That was the enemy that was in her midst. You started to deal with it. Didn't go away. Just because she's a Christian. So her behavior, my behavior, our behavior should still reflect that I'm, I'm, I'm still dealing with the foreign God. Y'all, we're still dealing with the foreign gods right here, right now. We're still dealing with them. Just because, Miss D, you're saved, right? You're as saved as they can get. I mean, ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to be shouting on the same cloud up in heaven. I'm going to find you like Miss D. Remember all that spitting and hollering I had to do? And look what happened. You know what I mean? That's what we're going to be doing, right? But in the meantime, we're still in the midst of what? The foreign gods. We're still in the midst of the foreign gods, but it can't make us any less godly. It's got to stop. Okay? And that's what we're talking about. So we're going to stop right there. Because we're going to get into Judges next week. And we'll start getting into Samson on down the road and all this other stuff. You know, think about how God used Samson. Think about that. And yet Samson was a complete rebel. I mean, he was straight out of the, he was a rebel, wasn't he? Samson was rough. He was hardcore. He would tell mom and daddy, get her for me. Oh, by the way, I got to go do some work for God. But get, get her. When I get back, I want her. You know what I mean? Like Samson, really? But he was a straight gangster. I mean, he was rough. He was. If you really study him, but God used him. But he still had his, his issues. So we'll, we'll talk about that.